0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Bluewire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.comslash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Legends, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get those extra confident strokes in the bedroom. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, but they come in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. Always remember, no dick, no hope. So you got to take care of that stroke. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of your licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. BlueChew tablets are made in the U.S. of A and are prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Legends, listen. BlueChew is here to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for you, legends. Try BlueChew for free when you use your promo code VM at checkout. Just pay $5 for the shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code VM to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more important details and important safety information. Once again, I fucking nailed that. Play yes, the theme music. Yeah.
0: Yeah message for my baby yeah 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 now this the black sheep sticking its home I need a crib like Gatsby. I need it in hand just understand my pockets that deep. with nothing to prove I ain't got nothing to do When it can't compete and I got nothing to lose told me I'm the one that's gonna benefit
1: first of all first of all show show him the you. shirt. show them the shirt thank you Right here. Show them.
2: World Series, baby. How about
1: them Rangers? How about them Rangers? Been telling you since March. You have. He has. Yo, he hit me up on so many different occasions. He's like, yo, bro. Rangers, they were what? 80 to 1? They were 60. 60. 40 in like September? Nick,
2: what what I did, okay... I just followed a, a premonition, so to speak, because I don't follow baseball at all. But baby, do I follow it now? <laughs> all right. The the Rangers to go back to back next year. I don't want that. Mm. Reds. I'm calling it now. Reds. Cincinnati Reds. They get rid of Votto yesterday. Headlines, right? They're, they're cleaning house. Yeah. Have-
1: 17 years of one team. Yeah. That's crazy. No title. That's wild. Not even a hope of a title, but so do you. All right, let's use this as a start of a talking point. I was thinking about this right because we've had we've had the Dirk Nowitzkis, the Tim Duncan's. We've had Kobe, rest in peace. We've had can't think of anyone else at the top of my head that's been with one team for twenty years or close to it. Yeah, for those guys that we mentioned, they've won titles, so it's a little. It's a little easier to digest Mariana and say,
2: Rivera,
1: yeah, like Mo, yep. Jeter. Wow, I didn't think of Jeter. We're talking about baseball. Oh. All these guys though, they won. Mm-hmm. Do you hold it against the player's loyalty when they stay for so long and they don't win? When they had a chance, because like, bro, Joe, listen, I'm not the biggest baseball guy either, but yeah, I do know that I saw this funny ass meme and it was, uh, you know, those George, George W. Bush memes where it's like the guy comes in when he first gets told that the planes hit the World Trade Center. And and he's he's, he's like reading the book to the yeah. kids. And it's like, uh, uh, Mr. President, Scherzer and DeGrom are going to be in the World Series. He's like, really? He's like, for the Mets? It's like, no, not for the Mets. And it's just his face like stone cold, just <laughs> shocked at it. Shout out to the Mets, man. Always and forever. But Votto was a guy who like, Dude, he was a household name even for me who don't really follow baseball like that. So do you think that's a bad thing for him to be with one team for so long? It's yeah, it's bad when you don't win a title because
2: mm. at a certain point then everyone just was like it's you. You know what I mean? Joel Embiid can very quickly run into this situation if he overextends his visit. I don't think it happens as much in the NBA, but um it does. It does hurt a player's overall like Career outlook because Joey Votto is one of the greatest first basemen. He, he makes a top 10 list, that's for sure, because he's a model of consistency. His, hit, his hitting stats are there to prove it. But you can always just play the, oh, what if? What if he was on another team? And that's why when you look at a player like Brady, you're like, damn, he's able to do it in two locations. It makes it all the more impressive. Or for the players that even win a, a title in the in the city that they were in. And then they go ring chase and they get one. LeBron. Yeah,
1: LeBron is interesting. LeBron, though, like, I feel like there's a lot more to that. The organization didn't do right by him. Um, like, dude, if someone gives you seven years and you're not, like, building around him, i give you a pass. Yeah. Like, Damian Lily should have left long, long time ago. So long ago. ago. Right? So, I know, it's just a thought. I wonder if... um. How was your weekend, though, bro? Weekend. I know you—you you were eating at the steakhouses. You—you you went to the Raider game yesterday. You were you making a working a rain.
2: man. I'm a working man. You are. You are. You want to hear the most impressive thing? So I haven't cashed me. that ticket.
1: Whoa!
2: I haven't cashed it. Damn. So you know the the security that I have right now. Like I know I can just go into the pool and just take it when I need it. It's a pretty nice spot to be, and I'm actually. Starting to shop for more lines. So like Boyd, I, I've been winning a lot on teasers. I'm, I'm like three for five on teasers in the last two weeks. Fourteen teasers, 50 to 70 bucks. Oh, it's, big spender. Well, you know, Nick. That's Nick, how it starts. Hey, listen. they he's got been me. Hey, he's been, he's, he's, we got another. The days where I put in the minimum $5 bet, I think are over. I think my unit size has officially like gone up, not just for like financial reasons, but I think it's a mental thing. Like I know I'm mentally, uh, you know, confident in the picks that I'm making. So I don't look at it as like, oh, I'm just putting down a, a fight here, Nick, this is, this is the difference. Cause you know, you've been giving me gifts. Oh, uh, it's in my wallet. Is it the ticket that
1: I could go cash on? Uh,
2: so I don't do any more of these. Uh, here for you, Nick, is a four-team because college basketball started tonight. So here you go. That I don't even know who I put in. See, that's financially oh, so responsible. So this
1: is just like it's like when you give someone a lottery ticket for their birthday. But uh, you're gonna, potentially you're gonna love this one. Okay. That one. Are these both for me? Yeah. Oh, listen, I really like this one. Bengals to win the Super Bowl. You've been saying it. Yo, all right. We should start there because do you know who now is the third favorite per Wager Attack? Shout out to Wager Attack. If you want to go to wagerattack.com, use the promo code VM, they will match your deposit bonus. Go over there, wagerattack.com. The good folks there, the odds provided for veterans minimum. George. Yes. In your mind, having not seen the list, mm-hmm. Who would you say are the top four MVP candidates? Lamar Jackson. Okay. He's, he's currently third. Okay. Uh,
2: Patrick Mahomes. He is the favorite at the moment. <sighs> I, it should be CJ Stroud. It is not. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Make me it, happy. He not.
1: No, it's, it's another <sighs> quarterback. Josh Allen. No. Is it Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow is the fourth name. Okay. The second favorite is Tua.
2: Damn, why doesn't it make you... He, I should have felt way more confident in that one, but I've been thinking like position players, but they're never going to do it, Nick. And
1: also I want to mention Jalen Hurts is tied with Burrow. I should so have, they have, said have Jalen, Jalen they Hurts have, too. They have the same odds. So once again, we have Mahomes three to one. We got Lamar, 325. We got Tua, plus 450. Then we got Burrow and Hertz at plus 500. I bet Joe Burrow, and I told you guys two weeks ago, Joe Burrow, take him to win MVP. You know, in his last four games, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. That's pretty good. And he's back. Oh, Scrambling. 100% back. He's scrambling. He's talking shit. Joe Cool is back. Yeah. And we mentioned the schedule. And bro, I was talking to, I think it might've been Isaiah in the control room. I might've been saying this because he's an Eagles fan. And like the Eagles, their next five games, it's it's a tough schedule. I'm going to pull it up right now. Mm -hmm. But... He was like, yo, you know, the schedule's getting tough. It's like, yeah, bro, your schedule's getting tough because they're going into the bye. So they have a bye this week and then they're coming back and they got the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Then they play the Bills, the Niners, the Cowboys again, and then they go to Seattle. They're frauds. Don't worry about them. But yes, tough schedule. Yeah, tough schedule, but also Philly's elite. Oh, yeah. So it's not like all these other teams are looking at it like, oh, man, we got Philly. We're going to eat them up. It's like, no, bro, they got to play the best team probably in the league. So whenever I hear people say, yo, the schedule is tough. Oh, man, it's going to be wicked. Like, yeah, the Bengals schedule is hard, but they're on a four-game winning streak. They're elite. Yeah. <laughs> Burrow is healthy. At Their a certain defense, point in time, everybody's good. Yeah. And also the teams that we're backing are good, too. So if you're an Eagles fan, you're a Bengals fan, your next five games are rough. But also, like, bro, you're look, you're playing the Texans at home if you're, you're the Bengals. Then you play on Thursday Night Football. You play at Baltimore. Then you play home Steelers at the Jaguars, home Colts. Bro, all those teams are looking at it the same way, saying, fuck, we got to play the Bengals. Yeah. All those teams are saying, fuck, we got to play the Eagles. So just in general, like I always hear that shit that a team has a hard schedule, but if it's an elite, it's not the Giants running into this. Right. It's not the, it's not the Saints where you're kind of, well, the Giants are definitely... The Colts also have a very easy
2: ride towards the end here. Um, But yeah, no, you talked about it earlier, how they tier those teams up. So the Eagles were for sure going to play dominant teams. And when you're saying it's tougher to play the Eagles or teams are like, oh, we have to play the Eagles. I think it's more so teams are, we want to knock off the Eagles. And they're more afraid to play the Bengals because the Bengals are that unsure team, you know, that everyone's saying they're they're getting the wheels turned and we all see it. The record doesn't necessarily indicate that we're knocking them off of top contention, but I, I give it two weeks and it's flipped and everyone's like, no, I'm circling the Bengals so that when we beat them, we make headlines for taking down the top dog. So I think there it's two different ways to be afraid of playing a team. Um but the Eagles are the best team in the league right now. I think they're like they're, they're the team that makes me feel most confident in, uh, in their abilities from the run game to the pass game. Their defensive line is stout. There's never a moment in time where I'm worried unless they get down big. But even then, in the Commanders games, they've proven that they come back. So do you think the Eagles are the best team in the league?
1: That was a hell of a rant. I actually highlighted that because you're going to see this on a clip later on this week, folks. That was a good one. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think so, bro. I mean, they, they're the only team with one loss. They just lost Dallas Goddard. And I think that's a pretty big loss for them. It's not a season ending, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: he's going to be out a couple of weeks. They're stacked. Um, and we know that they added Bayard too. And it's just weird because bro, that, that Philly, That brotherly shove, the tush-push, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's so wild because I heard Nick Sirianni talk about it, how when they step on the field, it's first and eight. Wow. Because they just know that they have something in the playbook that, bro, I saw, we went to the Giants game yesterday. (laughs) They tried it three times. <laughs> it didn't work. No, once. <laughs> they it, through. it was,
2: it's so fucking bad, Nick. <laughs> yo, It's, it's terrible. So if, bad.
1: Unless it's, unless it's the Eagles, it don't work for any other team, bro. It's so wild. So they, they step on the field and they say, yo, it's first and seven, it's first and eight. And it's just wild to think yeah. that they have that play. That is so unstoppable. And even if you stop it once, Chances are, bro, nine out of 10 times, they converted 93% of the time. Yeah. It's
2: wild. It just is so funny when other teams try to run it and they can't even come close. Like Daniel Jones, and this was before the, the ACL, but dude, he has no power in his legs. Like you can tell like Jalen Hurts, you see the squatting video and I some, somewhere in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, well, they're just filming Jalen Hurts do this, but like every quarterback can probably squat a good amount, but they just don't put it on tape or anything. No, no, they, no. NFL quarterbacks are not squatting like how Jalen Hurts is squatting and fucking driving through people. <sighs> Who's stronger, Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? Probably Hurts. I would say Hurts too. And it's like you, you, you think of Josh Allen and you think power.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so wild, bro. And last yeah. night, last night, I, I feel like that's a cool place to start with the recap and, and throughout this episode, we'll kind of be giving out grades and sort of like takeaways because we're at the halfway point of the season. It being week nine, we know Burrow is back, three hundred forty-eight mm-hmm. yards, two touchdowns. Um, and I feel like they left some plays on the on the field too. Yeah, like Jamar Chase, he kind of underthrew him on that. Chase came back the one where he kind of like landed flat on his back. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. I thought he might have gotten hurt because the way he landed, but. Bro, that, that's a touchdown. There was another one to T. Higgins, too. But then, if you think about this Bengals offense, we knew about the wide receivers, and that's why I think it was so important for them this year to go on a run, because even Chris Collinsworth mentioned it yesterday about T. Higgins. It's going to be hard for them to keep him. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard to bring back Tyler Boyd. They're going to obviously want to keep Jamar Chase. Like That's the main, main guy there. Right. But it's always fascinating to me, bro, whenever teams win games, and it's not your traditional guys that are winning you the game, right? Like Jamar Chase had four catches for 41 yards. Higgins finally had a breakout game, eight catches for 110, but it's four Tanner, catches from who's Tanner, Tanner Hudson. H- who's Tanner Hudson? Yeah, it's, it's three can, uh, catches from the tight ends, Irv Smith and Drew Sample. So now if you're going to, if you're going to play the Bengals, it's like, fuck. We got Mixon in the backfield. We got Boyd. We got Higgins. We got Chase. And then you got a gang of tight ends. And you got tight ends that combined caught 10 passes. It's like there's no easy out on this offense.
2: That's my favorite style of the Bengals. Um, and hear, hear me out on this little rant here because it can rain very true. Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, could be the next Bill Belichick. He's been gifted. Joe Burrow and his receiver counterpart, Billichick didn't really ever have the counterpart, but he's got, he's stoic. You don't really see too much from Zach Taylor. He's very much a, uh, we're moving on to next week type of guy. Um, But he's been gifted this team that's going to take him to multiple AFC championship runs, if not Super Bowls. And we're going to look back and be like, was it Zach Taylor? Mm. I don't know. It doesn't feel like that now, but just watch this pan out if they continue to be in that spot because it's very tough to, to rein
1: in a team for multiple runs even if you do have the best quarterback. Yeah, I see what you're trying to say. I don't know if I agree because it's still the same, the same core. Mm-hmm. Like Hubbard, Hendrickson, Reeder, Hill, up Mixon. front. You got Mixon. You got Boyd has been there for a while. You got some of the offensive linemen but too. with him. You know, but he, he's just a under the radar type
2: of guy. That's why I'm saying like, I i wasn't old enough to be following football to know that when Bill Belichick and Brady were winning championships in the early 2000s, what was the reception like? Was it always, oh, it's just Brady, 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 Brady. And then after the fifth one, they're like, yeah, Bill Belichick's actually pretty good.
1: I think it was more Belichick. Really? Because yeah. I mean, I was young. I was. Dude, I mean, I was, I was like five I was years relatively old. young too. But I think what what happened with Brady that was really interesting was he don't get enough credit for adapting to the different offenses that he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. First, it was ground and bound with like Corey Dillon and and um, who's the running back that played on that Super Bowl team, two thousand seven, like Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. Yeah, he wasn't on that same Super Bowl team, but like. He had like run first and then they were the first ones to do the two tight ends. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit before that, before the two tight ends, I should say was the slot guy. Like everyone, yeah, everyone had it. Like Brandon Stokely was a slot guy, but really a slot guy that could catch a hundred passes, like a West Walker type. Yeah. And then from there you went through the two tight ends. And then after that it was, let me have two slot guys, Amendola, uh, Amendola and Edelman. So, he was able to change up the offenses over and over again and I feel yeah. like after the 5th Super Bowl when he started having the numbers. Yeah. Like actually it's the 4th Super Bowl because remember there was like a decade
2: mm-hmm. where they
1: didn't win a Super Bowl from 04 to 14, they didn't win a Super Bowl and they lost two to the Giants by the way. Ho. Oh. Hey. Yo. Uh those those years there was where he was starting to have the numbers. Mm-hmm. So he's putting up 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. And that's where the conversation started about, yo, maybe it's Brady. And, and now like it's definitively. Great. For that's sure. Not even, that's not even a discussion. But he's got the guys on the right track is what I'm yeah. saying. But he's
2: not a, not a coach that's going to be making headlines. Is, he a, is his system
1: working, so to speak? Well, I think, I think he'll he'll never get the credit because he has Joe Burrow. Yeah. And that's not a, that's not a, I'm sure that's a problem he enjoys having. Yeah. Because Very as true. long as Joe Burrow is healthy and as long as, bro, that's what we were talking about in, in the offseason, how Burrow is, I think the most important player in the league in the sense of what it means for the outlook of the team moving forward with all the guys that want to get paid. And then also this is, it's kind of a make or break year for the Bengals with this iteration of the Cincinnati Bengals with all the pieces right. that they have. Because then after that, guys are going to have to get paid. And they just paid Burrow, so they don't have that great luxury of not paying them yet. Mm-hmm. And I think we got to show love, bro, to Lou Anarumo. Okay. His defense locks up on the Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes of the world. Do you know what Burrow's record is against those two guys? Because let's just say, yo, since he came into the league, isn't it them three? He's five and one against them is my guess. That's exactly what he is. Yeah. His only loss has been, he hasn't lost to them in the regular season. And his only loss was the AFC title game last year. Yep. And he pretty much dominates them. Mm -hmm. It puts up big numbers. And for the most part, the games are like both games against Buffalo were out of hand. Like it was a 24, 18 game. But if you watch, if you watch the game, it was not a 24, 18 game. Like they were in control of it the whole time. 100%. But their defense, once again, Josh Allen throws an interception. Shocker. Uh, he leads the league. Yeah, yeah It's becoming it's becoming a recurring theme every week. Something you could bank on. But their defense is is getting hot, bro. It's getting hot. They're playing really, really well. Um, Taylor Britt, the corner. Remember, they lost some DBs and they lost guys in the in in the safety positions too. He stepped up. Pratt had a phenomenal game. Uh, Taylor Britt was the guy that had the interception and. Pratt forced a fumble on uh Knox. No, not Knox. The other tight end, uh, Kincaid. Mm. Bro, their defense is making a lot of plays. And Hendrickson, I was talking about Hendrickson and, and Dawkins, that matchup last week on the Wednesday on the previous show. And he was getting after him. He was getting after him, Hendrickson, that is. Yeah. And, bro, they're... I... It's the the championship pedigree, even though they haven't won a championship. Like, they've won their conference. They've gone to the AFC title game back-to-back years.
2: Yeah. Who do you think wants it more, the Eagles or the Bengals? Because they're both in the same spot.
1: Well, I hope both of them go to the Super Bowl, honestly, because I got that (laughs) 42-1 to that I talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, Yeah, they both kind of... Like, how much longer can Philly have this core? Mm Mm-hmm. But then again, every year they sign this like all pro guy. Just yeah, the, out of nowhere.
2: These te- And then at the end of the day, we spend all this time talking about them. And then Patrick Mahomes is going to come in in January and be like, well, sorry, guys. It's actually all about me. It, Yo, it always I, has been about me.
1: Dude, I don't think so this year, man. He goes to Germany and he defeats the Dolphins. Yeah, but bro, do you... He's got nine picks, eight picks. I'm not even worried about the interceptions. I'm more worried about... If you take away Kelsey, which I'm not saying that teams are starting to do this, but he's the absolute main focal point. Last Yesterday, he didn't play a, a good game. And I think now it's like, all right, third and seven. Let's put three guys on Kelsey. And because, dude, the end of the game, right? Uh, Kenny and I, we went three and two in, in circle. Kenny's going to be on the show on Wednesday, guys. He couldn't make it today. But One of the games that we had were the Chiefs, right? Mm -hmm. And Mahomes gets the ball back with about three minutes. I'm like, oh, bro, he's going to put this away. And it's a third and seven, third and eight. And they put Ramsey, a linebacker, and the DN stood up to chip him. That's awesome. And it was like, bro, you know what? You got to go to MVS. Yeah. And Sky Moore. Rasheed Rice. Yeah, that's who's going to have to beat us. And guess what? They can't. Yet. I don't know, bro. I feel like you don't trust anybody but Kelsey. You know who's their best receiver? It's Travis Kelsey. Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Mr. Hamstrings. That's exactly what you're gonna need to bank on.
2: But they can uh they can I, find one of them's gotta step up. You are correct. It's going to just be one of them. It's not gonna be all of them. It's got it. it's most likely gonna be M V S, like how you started. But it
1: wouldn't surprise me if it was any one of these other kids. Dude, I just think I just think gentlemen. that the Chiefs the Chiefs have gone to a point now where it's, yo, let someone else beat us. It's always been my complaint, bro. Like, how does the best player on a team get open on third and seven? Like, wide open, right? Yeah. And yesterday, they would put three guys on Kelsey. Like, yeah. if We'll leave you open. Mm-hmm. Throw it to him. Let's see if you trust them. And I just think in a big spot, you look at all the other teams that they're going to need to run into. I think it's going to come back to haunt them. I really do. Because Cincinnati, he has no fear to throw it to anybody. He trusts all those guys, especially if these tight ends get into the mix. Yeah, it's dangerous. And then Hurts trusts everyone on that team. Mm-hmm. Smith and A.J. Brown and when Dallas Goddard gets back. And then you're looking at Baltimore. Lamar, I feel like, trusts his receivers way more than the Mahomes trusts. Trust.
2: I think then the those receivers trust themselves, but yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, that's, that's more of a, a play on the quarterback.
2: Yeah. There's a, there's a certain level of you don't want to let Patrick Mahomes down. And I guess when we, were, uh, we started with uh, the Bills and the Bengals, those are two teams that I think are... Opposite directions? Going complete opposite directions. Bengals peaking. But here's the thing. Even though the Bills are going way off in la-la land, like, what are we doing? If the Bills go on a two-to-three-game winning streak, towards the end of the year, I'm for sure buying stock because I think they're a team that if they get hot at the right time, they can put up like 40 point games and that, you know, that aspect alone makes me hopeful in what they're able to do.
1: Yeah. So, I, 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 I see what you're saying. I don't know if I agree, bro, because I think they have a, they have a late buy. They're a team that I think would benefit from having a buy week now. Oh, yes. Like their their bye is going to be in between um weeks thirteen and, and fifteen. Um and like their schedule, right? The Bills, they play Monday night football against the Broncos, then they play the Jets, then they play the Eagles, and then bye week play at Kansas City, home Cowboys at Chargers. You got some like you're gonna play okay. a stretch there where you're gonna play four yeah. really good quarterbacks. They
2: they will beat the Chiefs coming off that bye week, even though it's in Arrowhead, and that's gonna be the game where everyone's like, Oh, do we start taking the Bills serious again? Yeah, they've beaten them
1: the last couple of years in there. And it's a money spot. And you know what's crazy? It's always been like, from when they on. played when they played that that wild ass game. Oh no, actually it was before the wild ass game. When they played the AFC title game and Stephon Diggs was on the side like watching them yeah. all celebrate. The next year they played in, in Arrowhead regular season. They beat them. And then guess what happens? They lose to like the Jaguars or the Jets. And it fucks up everything for Buffalo. And then they have to, again, in the playoffs, go to Arrowhead. Yep. And then you have the 13 second Kelsey to Hill, oh. uh, Mahomes to Hill yep. that yep. wins the game for Kansas City. And then last year they went into Kansas City and they beat them. And then they did, it didn't even matter because they had home field against Cincinnati. And they blew the doors off them. Love that spot. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that spot. Yeah. Bengals plus six in Buffalo. All the offensive line issues. Oh, what an amazing read. <laughs> but dude, can I give you a hot take? Yes. I don't think Buffalo makes the playoffs. That is, that's at a five and two record here. Five you, and four.
2: Five and four. Um, When you're... Looking at potential wild card spots, because I'm assuming in, in your scenario, obviously, Dolphins win. I don't think you have the Jets or the Patriots winning that division. So, Dolphins win the division. Now, are they better than the Colts? Are they better than the Raiders? Are they better than potentially the, uh, oh shit, what team was I about to say? Texans? Oh, damn, that's dangerous. Chargers is what I was going to say. Like, maybe the Chargers wake so, up. So, yo, you,
1: you mentioned, all the teams you mentioned are not the teams that I'm thinking about. For wild card spots? The, the AFC North. You think everyone's going to make it? I, yeah. Remember in the beginning of the year on the previous show, we were talking about the AFC North. They've never had, in the, in the last 35 years, the combined win totals in the preseason for the AFC North was the highest projected of any division in the last 35 years wow so all of them had a win total of like nine or higher so the combination of them was 41 and a half wins which was the most in the league by like three and a half wins and dude you're looking at it right Ravens seven and two steelers five and three who the fuck knows how that's happening it's the wildest that's wildest team in the league browns five and three bengals five and three I think all four teams can make the playoffs. And then you got Kansas City. Right, obviously, so you have those four teams. You have Kansas City winning the division. And then you got Miami winning their division. And then obviously, you got the Jaguars winning the South. So, dude, I think, I think Buffalo, the injuries on defense are starting to pile up. Milano is a massive, massive loss for them. Yeah. And I just think that Buffalo's not not going to be a playoff team, bro. I don't think so. And, and their schedule, I'll read you the schedule for the rest of the way. I know I just told you they got home Broncos, home Jets, at Philly, at Chiefs, home Dallas, at Chargers, home Patriots, at Miami. Pretty tough schedule,
2: bro. Yeah. I mean, what's the them on wager attack? Maybe we can look at some point in time for them not to make the playoffs. If that's at, you know, plus money right now, be a good time to take it. I don't I don't see how it would be.
1: It's probably like minus one thirty. Well, I'll tell you this, they're plus two two forty to win the division now. This is a team that was favored coming in. Mm. And they don't have to miss the playoffs at the moment because the rest of the games, like the week isn't over, right? Because Got like you. the winner of this game it's gonna skew the odds for whatever happens moving forward for Buffalo and all these teams. Uh, shout out to Crumbs in the chat. He says that's a steamy take and he did all caps steamy. <laughs> he also said uh, congrats on the Rangers. Thank to get you. Hell of a call. Thank you. Shout out to Crumbs. Always showing love. Also a member of the Patreon. Awesome. Um, let me ask you this question because we we spent a lot of time on the Bengals and the Bills and rightfully so because that was like the marquee game of the week kind of staying with Buffalo and, and always taking an opportunity to bash the Cowboys as we get a chance to Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. Are they not the same? That would be talking highly of Dak Prescott. Yes. But here's what I mean about that. When's the last time that both of them delivered in a big spot? Yesterday was a big spot against Philly. Yeah, and and yo, he played he played he he played well. Yes. but what I mean is, bro, both of them like Joe Burrow don't do dumb shit. Yes, right. Jalen Hurts he don't really do dumb shit. Does he fumble when he tries to step on, step up into the pocket to maneuver around and maybe pick up shit with his feet? Sure, but that's not dumb. He's trying to make a play. Dak does dumb shit. Josh Allen does dumb shit. You know how like to cross over to MMA. I'll say like Alexander Volkanovsky. I trust them not to do dumb shit in a fight. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like Dak and Josh Allen, they just always are doing some dumb shit. And I feel like they're both the same. And I was talking to my buddy, Josh and my group chat back home. And I had just tweeted that as he sent it in the group chat. And I was like, bro, I just tweeted. That. I was just thinking that watching the game yesterday, like just, just weird shit. Like in the, in big, big spots, they just don't, they don't deliver. And, I call the Cowboys the bullies of the NFC, where when they play a shitty team, Mm -hmm. they beat them by three, four touchdowns. And I feel like Buffalo isn't that. I think Miami is a bully. Because Miami hasn't beaten a team with a winning record in like 430 days, I think the stat is. Jesus. With Tua. But when they play a team that's three and six, it's like, oh, they're gonna beat them by three touchdowns. And everyone's gonna be like, oh shit, look at all the numbers and whatnot. Electric, they're fast, aren't they? So What are your thoughts on Dak and Josh Allen being the same?
2: Well, here's the thing. I didn't get a chance to like analyze Dak's performance yesterday, but based on just stat line alone, he played pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, Delivering in the big spots. Is that really, uh, you know, Dak Prescott's specialty? No. I mean, many times in the playoffs, we've seen it where it's not necessarily. and, And this goes to like a little bit of luck. You kind of do need the game to go in your favor and in certain spots to put you in a better position than always being behind and always having to chase. I think, you know, he falls into that category of like, some teams are just unlucky and Dak Prescott, although, you know, he should be making better decisions is just kind of in a, in a shitty situation. Um, But based on his stat line yesterday, dude, that's not a bad bad line 29 for 44 374 yards three touchdowns no interceptions like what more the fuck do you want him to do you know other than obviously put a w in the in the score column but i see where you're coming from we do need to see you know this season play out and if dak prescott doesn't lead the cowboys to the super bowl which has been the goal since he's been there and they've they've put a lot of resources and investments into trying to make them Super Bowl contenders. He will, uh, he'll fade away, dude. There's no way I think Dak Prescott isn't fighting for a starting job. If he doesn't make a run in the playoffs this year, I don't
1: necessarily feel the same about Josh Allen.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think his job is secure, but starting
2: spot is a different... I, yeah, that's...
1: Well, here's the thing, though. Like, what's will be in Dallas. What's, what's, you what's got the Trey alternative? Lance. You oh. got the Trey Lance project. Whoa, interesting. Yo, so, Dak, Dak played Jalen Hurts. I went yeah. back and I watched that game last night while I was editing because we were at the Giants and Raiders game together. Crazy ending. Um, Yeah, it was it was a really good game. I was kind of upset that I was at the Giants game and I didn't get to watch that live as it was happening. Right. Uh, for many reasons. Um, But... I don't know, man. It's just something that I guess it it could also be Philly, bro. It could be that with Philly, you can't really make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. You got to play a perfect game. And what's crazy is they haven't played a perfect game at all. Every time Philly wins, and it was something that I tweeted earlier today where I asked people like, yo, halfway through the year, what are your biggest takeaways? What are your thoughts? And mine, one of mine was Philly's not going to play Their a game all year, and then it's going to be February, and they'll be in Vegas for the Super Bowl, and we'll just be like, "Yo, they're just going to play shitty, not shitty, like subpar." They play winning football. Yeah, they they play play the same thing. They play winning football. I think that's the best way to define it Mm -hmm. because they haven't played. uh, Like, dude, Washington sucks, and they're giving them a run for their money. And I know Washington in division, like you're always going to be competitive against the teams in your division, but still, dude, it's just. I don't know. It's it's a really weird, it's a weird team, but they're great.
2: This is the way that, that just, even just by reading the box score and then watching like the end and seeing everybody's reception, this is the way that a playoff loss feels like. Mm. Where both sides were ready for the occasion. It was a battle Goliath. They were both, you know, showing off their offensive uh, power, but it just came down to who had the ball at the end. So I can't necessarily evaluate this too much other than this is how football teams should perform when you look at all their stats third down efficiency the Cowboys were six for 15 Eagles were seven for 14 time of possession was damn near split in half Eagles getting the ball for uh, 30 minutes 18 seconds Cowboys getting the ball for 29 42 and in a System in which the Eagles like to control and the Eagles in a lot of games will dominate teams in time of possession like this this really was any mistakes made, they will take, uh, take full advantage of. Cowboys got a full hundred yards more than them in total offense. Seven more first downs. It, it is a, a crappy day when the person to blame is Dak Prescott, but he played insane. That's, but that's the weight of being the Cowboys quarterback. Uh, that sucks.
1: Yeah, what's crazy is, you know how we were talking about the Bengals and the Eagles, how their schedules are so difficult because of the opponents that they're playing, but then also they're a really good team. Complete opposite for the Dallas Cowboys. They're a really good team. The teams that they're playing suck. They play the Giants this week. What's the spread going to be? 30 and a half? Can you imagine? Might still take it. I'll tell you this. The Cowboys are going to be, if you're still in your survivor pool, they might be the most popular pick of all time. Yeah. Like, bro, so or they play against the whoever's they,
2: playing the Cardinals, the they
1: play week. the Giants at home, they play the Panthers, they play the Commanders, then they play the Seahawks, and then they play Philly again. They might not lose until they play Philly again. Yeah. So their schedule is
2: And That's then on the flip side,
1: how difficult the schedule is for Philly. That game could be interesting in a couple of weeks, man. Week 14 when they play each other again. And it was cool because we, we talked about it last week, how I don't think you were on the pod for it. It might've been the Wednesday show when we were previewing. This was the first time that we saw Jalen Hurts and Dak go up against each other with these teams because both of them didn't play each other last year. The one time Minshew was in, the other time Cooper Rush was in. You're right. So we got to see these two dudes that are probably the two best quarterbacks in the NFC. For as much as we're slandering Dak, that's why I was trying to make the case for your boy, Derek Carr. I was like, yo, he's a top five quarterback in the NFC because the NFC is so bad. I love that you rolled your eyes, but I, I feel like we should talk about the Giants. We should. We should talk about DeVito. Hey, get that motherfucking Tommy DeVito in it. it was fucking- I, was,
2: I was being belligerent at my seats yesterday. I, was, yeah. I wanted to get a DeVito
1: chance started.
2: So wow, I ran into George
1: happen. yesterday. And uh, shout out to George, he was wearing the VM bomber. bomber jacket, which you can get at merchandise.veteransminimum.com is where you can go and get that. I went to the game with three of my friends that I do jujitsu with, uh, Jerry, Shane, the brothers, and uh, Dimitri. And it was their first like NFL game that they went to. I got the tickets gifted to me from a friend, which was really, really nice of them. Uh, shout out, Chris. Um, so we go to the game, right? And uh, it was funny because we went to a Raider tailgate and uh, all of them got cauliflower ear. Yeah. So everyone's coming up to them and they're like, yo, you guys are fighters. You guys are fighters. You guys are in the UFC. Do you, do you UFC? That's what everyone says. Right. It's, it's actually MMA, but it's, you know, do you UFC? <laughs> and uh, at one point I just turned to Shane. I was like, bro, just start telling them yes. They're not going to fucking whip their phones out and Google you in the middle of right. pounding beers. Like I would have said yes if I was just... Yeah, I'm fighting in two weeks, bro. Thanks. You know, like, yeah. who's going to stop? Anyway, while all that is happening, the amount of people that came up to them and was like, yo, are you guys fired as all? Well? We don't want to fuck with these guys. This Samoan dude is like six, seven, comes up to me, towers over me, and he goes, I know why you're all smiley and comfortable in your Giants gear. I was wearing my Giants hoodie. I'm like, why? He's like, you got your bodyguards with you. It was just them right next to me. I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna let them fight for me." He's like, "Yo, I'm not messing with these guys right here." So that was that was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. So I had a great time, man at the at the stadium. I'm was, glad you a, did. It was a really good time. I didn't. Here's the thing: when my teams suck, it doesn't upset me when they lose. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You're expecting it. I'm pretty honest and logical with my teams. I don't go into every year like this is the year, is Super Bowl. Like, no, nah, I'm. I'm pretty yes. self-aware with my teams, right? If the Giants were 6-2 and and they lost, I would have been like, fuck, man, that shit's whack. Yeah. When there's no expectations, when I'm already watching more college football than ever before because I'm trying to see one of these quarterbacks, you know, the way it's projected, yeah. they're projecting the Giants to have the number one pick. I know. And here's the thing. Because they have, they have more wins than the Panthers. I think the Giants are the worst team in the league. I think they are undoubtedly the worst team in the league and they might be one of the worst coached teams in the league too. And this is coming from a guy who I said, outside of Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Brian Dable is my top two favorite ball dudes on the planet. Love Brian Dable. I still like Brian Dable, but it seems like he might've lost control of the locker room and the team. Yeah. And it's just right now, I think they're the absolute worst team in the league. And they're, they're also not fun. That's why I was telling the guys yesterday too. I was like, dude,
2: there's no stud player that other than Saquon Barkley that you're like, Oh wow, this is enjoyable. Like yeah, even or, in a bad situation
1: or like, all right, the Texans are a bad example because they're four and four. But if the Texans, like at least the Texans are putting up 30 points a game. Sometimes like they have CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. They're fun. They're at least putting on a show. They're making it entertaining. Like if the Giants were losing all these games, but you know, they were, they were a top 10 offense and it's just one of those things where, oh, you know, last year they were amazing in one score games this year. It's just not going their way. I'd feel completely different, but dude, they're unwatchable. It's terrible. It's a terrible watch. They're not fun. They're not entertaining. (laughs) And as I'm watching the game, like Raider fans weren't even heckling me because
2: they, there was no need when they
1: were like trying, I was like, yeah, bro. Like I'm not even trying to hedge or like be cool about it. It's just the team sucks. Like what do you want me to do?
2: It's, uh, yeah you, you, you pretty much said it perfectly. There was nothing entertaining about that team. There was, there was no fireworks. The only thing that's entertaining is the turmoil. And, uh, yeah. I, I do think, you know, DeVito has got Tommy DeVito has got one of the greatest names of all time. Like it is literally, you are made to either be a Hollywood actor or be a starting NFL quarterback. He chose starting NFL quarterback. Will he be good? He, you know, I think this could be the turning of the new leaf. You have now at this middle midpoint of the season, which is, you know, crazy because oftentimes you see this earlier on, but you got Aiden O'Connell on one side, you got Tommy DeVito, you got Tyson Bajan, you have Clayton Toon, you have all these people that you would not have known their name three weeks ago that are now starting NFL quarterbacks. And I think that's, that's the beauty of the league. Like this is that, uh, the uncertainty you have, uh, that dude for the Vikings too is the only one I didn't list. Josh Dobbs. Uh, no, uh, Bryce Hall or he was the quarterback. Before oh, they Dobbs got hit. Yeah. 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 Got in. So you have all these new product like projects and the crappy thing is, is you do now have a quarterback in Tommy DeVito that, He's playing to win, bro. You know, he's playing for like his contract, and that can lead to a couple. Of like, can you guys imagine if you went on like a a two game winning streak at the end of the year that took you guys out of getting the first pick? That's what
1: happened. Like, to, are you
2: in tanking mode right now?
1: Yeah, I think that's what happened with the Jets with Trevor Lawrence. Remember they beat the Rams? Correct. They beat it the Rams last year too. Yeah, it happens every year where with a team Houston. wins. Yeah, a team wins a game that they weren't supposed to. Uh, Someone in the chat brings up a good point. Is it Brian Dable or is it the fact that week after week he trots out Daniel Jones? They win with Tyrod. So is it Dable or is it just Daniel Jones? Which is a fair question to ask. Which also, when he got the contract, I wanted them to franchise tag him. Okay. And then everyone was telling me, yo, if they do that, then they got to pay Saquon, which is what I didn't want either. Yeah. But here's the thing. The quarterback is way more valuable. We know that. Mm -hmm. But if you franchise him, because last year was the first year with Brian Dable. So you got to see, oh shit, is this what it's going to look like now with Daniel Jones and Brian Dable together? Yeah. Or was it a one year sort of anomaly? Mm -hmm. God, it's just everything lined up perfectly and this is why they did well. I think franchising him would have been the best route because then... Even prior, and it sucks that he got hurt. Prior to him getting hurt, he wasn't playing that well. So then you could say, oh, it was a fluke. Mm -hmm. Daniel Jones is really this guy, not this guy. Yeah. But they didn't do that. Now, I dove into the contract. They're able to get out from this contract after next season. So even though it was a four-year extension because of what the money is, it's not something that's going to have them hamstrung to Daniel Jones for the four years. Yep. But it's still $40 million for a dude that was nowhere near a $40 million quarterback. And also they took the risk because they took the risk because if it did pan out right. what the new market is, it would have been completely different, also. He played quarterback at Duke. This isn't the fucking NBA. But yo, I kind of like dudes coming from small schools that are non-traditional yeah. powers. I get you. Like I'm a fan of that. Like if I have a if I have a Michigan QB. And I have a dude from,
2: which by the way, JJ McCarthy from Michigan, I think, I think he's
1: prototype New York more so than Caleb Williams. Yeah. I just think if you look at the history of the league or if you, if you just think of the top quarterbacks right now, right? A lot of them are not from the traditional schools. Yeah. Mahomes, Texas Tech. Big 10, I like. I like anything in the Big 10. Offense, a lot of I'm offense. I'm sorry,
2: but I, I, Duke was easy to pick on, bro, because you yeah, think Duke, yeah, yeah. you think basketball.
1: Yeah, for sure. A lot basketball. of people don't even know they have a football program. Josh Allen, Pretty Wyoming. Good. Yep. Aaron Rodgers went to Cal. Yep. Justin Herbert goes to Oregon. It's a, you're not talking about teams that are winning national championships every year. Like, there's not a Georgia QB that we got. So. We well, got two uh, Alabama. Yeah. Lamar, Louisville. Oh my God. There was a, uh, we got the Monday night football game in the background. Another special teams and defense scores the first touchdown of the game, bro. How the fuck can you see that? Because How? I have amazing eyesight, bro. 40, 40, not even 2020. Like, also, I have a little narrow window that I could see it. But again, remember a couple like last month we were talking about, yeah. about every primetime game.
2: Damn. I was really, no, it was Sunday night football that I was like, I looked at the odds and I was like, it was 38 to one. But then any time was like seven to one.
1: Yeah. Any time is good Which too. Which I'm like, shit, bro. Any, I, like, anytime, I like that. Any time is good too. Uh, the quarterback you were talking about was Jaron Hall. Jaron. For the Hall. Vikings. Yeah. But you got the Hall. last name right. Price Hall dude, is a YouTuber. Yo. Yeah, he is. Uh, and a boxer now, apparently too. Um, what did you think of Minnesota, bro? Is I, this Is this a good Minnesota win or just a classic Atlanta Falcons loss? Oh, my
2: God. Yeah, no, it's both. It's both. I love when quarterbacks come in with no expectation. Mm. It's got to be the coolest feeling in the world. Like, think about this. His first two drives, Josh Jobs, safety and then a strip sack fumble. So he went from two of the worst things you can possibly do as a quarterback in a place, remember, like no expectations. That would have like killed quarterbacks' confidence. But this dude doesn't know any better, right? So he just gets to go on out there trot out. And he, he was, uh, sent a lot of blitzes. And when you have a quarterback that is new to a system, you can't necessarily make it easy on him. Like Josh Dobbs is an athlete. Um, I think, you know, he, he, out of all people that should get a really big pay increase from this year to next year, it's gotta be him hundred percent. Like He's a reliable number two. This is more so a Josh Dobbs legacy game. Like, everybody has one. Remember Mike White went off yeah. for the Jets a couple? Dude, they beat the Bengals. Like, so. Of course I remember that. That was a Mike White
1: legacy game. This is a Josh Dobbs legacy game. Yeah, it might be, man. And look, they're five and four. They mm. were they were one and four. Um, they're on a four-game winning streak. And this all happened losing Kirk Cousins. Losing Justin Jefferson. And I know that both he's of them coming back played. Next week, yeah, but like Kirk played in two of those games, right? Mm-hmm. They beat the Niners and then they were up big on the Packers. But man, it's crazy. Like the video of Josh Dobbs on the sideline and he's telling his offensive lineman what his cadence is. Yeah. He's like, dude, there were so many guys on the field. I didn't even know their names. He got there Friday. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And for him to go out there and, and to win. And I also think, I think Arthur Smith Probably gets fired at the end of the year. This is year three. Oh yeah, he Nick. Yeah, Yeah. end of the year. Yeah. Nah, I think because they're four and five, it's not. I get you. So, but here's the thing: it's year three. I think
2: it's starting to get. uh, It's gross losses, Nick. Yeah, it's it's not. It's not like oh wow that we we were just like on the receiving end of their best day. No, it's like bro, you got the ball. Four times in the fourth quarter versus the
1: Commanders, and you couldn't score a fucking touchdown. It's it's like, gro- it's gross, and it's also yeah. weird football because they've spent first-round picks on a running back and a tight end, right? Generational talents for both, and Bijan Robinson got 13 touches in total against Minnesota, and Kyle Pitts got five targets. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, Drake London didn't play yesterday. I understand that. But, man, what? it's weird. Like, the quarterback position is very ugly. I like Heineke. I think he's a Well he's But, yo, Heineke, Heineke is cool obviously. for a game or two. Yeah. When he's the keys to your franchise, I don't know if that's what you want. And I think, I think that loss, it's more of a loss on Atlanta than it was a win for Minnesota, but a hell of a story for Josh Dobbs. Look, he ran for 66 yards. Yeah, dude. Because he kept blitzing them. They were like, yeah. they were like,
2: okay, go be an athlete. Josh Dobbs would make him look silly. Break free, you know. Like it was, it was things where you know, looking back on it as a defensive coordinator, you kind of just are like, let's just play back. He's gonna make a mistake. More people in coverage. Let our D line, you know, cause the pressure. But man, bad loss. That's that's why I'm saying I don't think you can have one or two more of these and make it to the end of the season. I mean, look at, we didn't think it was that bad for the Raiders. Like, we knew. Yeah. Like, we knew it was, okay, like, Aces win the world championship, Mark Davis is feeling the top of the world, but his prize possession is dog shit. Yeah. So he's got to shake it up, make it about him. Then, you got to, you know, the city of Atlanta will give up on that team. Uh, you know, if they continue to do that. And they're not even that impassioned of fans. But Raider fans were like over it.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I think I think McDaniels lost a team when they didn't play AOC. Or they started Brian Hoyer. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, what are we doing? We've mm-hmm. seen Brian Hoyer. Right? It was the same it was kind yeah. of Let's talk about the Giants real quick because uh, it's never gonna be promising when we talk about the Giants, at least for the rest of the year. But when the New York Giants had McAdoo as a head coach, he benched Eli Manning for Geno Smith and he ruined the Iron Man streak that Eli Manning was on. The outrage from New Yorkers was not because they benched Eli. It was that they benched him for him that we saw in New York. Yeah. He played for the Jets. Yeah. If they were to bench Eli for a rookie first or second round pick, nobody would have cared. Because at the time, the Giants were shit. Let's see what the young guy got. But when you go to Geno Smith, and I mean, talk about a guy who's going through it this year. He has not played well this year. Nope. Massive drop off from last year to this year. But going back to Eli Manning and the New Yorkers, if they went to a rookie, nobody would have bitched and moaned the way they did when they went to Geno Smith. and. That's what I think kind of, I want to talk to some of my Raider friends that create content out here at the studio too. Was that, was that the outrage? Because at least the rookie played well in the preseason. Mm-hmm. He, he had started a couple games. He's a very, he fits the mold
2: of you're going to make a lot of money in the NFL, holding a clipboard for the next 12 years. Like he fits that six foot 5 We'll understand every offense,
1: you know, but Pretty at least see, he, yeah, he's, yeah, uh, especially with Jimmy G hurt, but not even hurt. Like, they just started him anyway. Dog, the way he ran out of the tunnel
2: yesterday was so, like, it just, he, uh, <laughs> Jimmy G, when, that is? Yeah, when you watch Brady for so long, and then, like, you see the way Jimmy G runs out, and it's like, bitch, you ain't Brady. Yeah. <laughs> like, you ain't Brady. Cut it out
1: with the, let's go. Like, no. Yeah, they just flat out benched him. And they're, they're yeah. trotting out Aiden O'Connell and yeah, bro, you know how bad it was for the Raiders, dude? Devontae Adams had no catches yesterday. I mean, no, he had catches. He had no, uh, he didn't have like an impactful game. Oh yeah. But he listen body
2: language wise ever since that Instagram video of him saying, this is why they're not fucking winning fucking around in the locker room, dude. By the way, great. Josh McDaniels impression yeah. too. That was all Yo, time. So-
1: Locker room is changed moment. He, he had four catches for 34 yards, but you would have thought that he had the game he had against Pittsburgh. He's blocking. He's, he's, he's jumping into yeah. Max Crosby, like doing yep. the, the the shoulder bump. Dog, they smoke cigars after beating the Giants. Yeah.
2: What the fuck?
1: Full fade. Full fade of the Raiders they, this week. The Raiders are making the playoffs. Oh, that, yeah. You the, keep sending me that The bet. Raiders
2: are making the playoffs. They were 10 to one. I haven't seen if it moved after this game. Why would it? It's definitely still at 10 to (laughs) one, but they smoke cigars in a locker room. What is that worth? What do you think of uh, Max Crosby? Why isn't he brought up in the same conversation as Miles Garrett and TJ Watt? It's like a name that I just constantly am skipping over as far as complete game wreckers. He's, he's so terrifying. I, you got a good taste of it on the quarterback uh, documentary on Netflix with him and Patrick Mahomes but I think that was even like the PC version. This dude's scary as shit. You got a redheaded guy tatted on his chest everywhere. Like anywhere else, everyone you know in the room thinks like, "Oh, this dude's probably a criminal." You know what I mean? No, he's just the greatest end in football. One you think so? You would go that? You would go that extreme? I put him in that category of Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. Is he worth a point? He's approaching that level. He just doesn't make... I think Miles Garrett and TJ Watt make more turnover, impactful plays than he does. But I think he stuffs the run better than 98% of the league. And him pass rushing is pretty terrifying. Look, he's
1: tied with Watt and Garrett for sacks, nine and a half. He has more combined tackles. Then both of those guys combined. Only Daniel Hunter has more sacks. He has 10. And he got three sacks yesterday. And he's just everywhere, bro. Mm-hmm. He's making plays everywhere. And... Heartbeat of the team. Yeah. yeah. And when that's your...
2: So, think about this. The Raiders shifted from Derek Carr being the heartbeat, you know? Pretty stand-up individual. To then... You legitimately have the epitome of a Raider now as your leader for that team. Because it's not necessarily Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs kind of, he, it could be, you know, if Josh Jacobs was a little more vocal, but Max Crosby is the one that you see on the videos. He was the first one that I saw smoking the cigar, bro. That team is so loaded talent-wise, like in, in the sense of Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs led was in top three of rushing last year like you you need to be able to produce with a team like this
1: yeah so check this out you could you could get him to win defense player of the year 30 to one no right now yeah some places whoa yeah the favorites are Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett uh TJ Watt Aiden Hutchinson, and then him at. Thirty to one.
2: Yeah, I'm making myself well, a little note. Right you no, know, so
1: the reason that's a I'm, good spot. I think I think that's also because he's playing with the Raiders and they're not that good. Like I know their record now is is back to at least they're in the mix. Yeah, but the other guys are playing on winning teams, a lot more marquee games. Yeah, so that's why he needs to have a two to three sack game, strip fumble game against that. Uh, in a prime that, time slot. That's what you going to come against the Chiefs too. Yeah, you need to have something like that in yeah. order to change the outlook. It's, but yo, I just think, look, the last couple of weeks we've talked about Hendrickson. He don't get the same love and he's, I think he's just as impactful on the Bengals defense as all those other guys are. And Max Crosby and getting to see him play twice now this year, he's noticeable, bro. Mm-hmm. He's He just jumps off the screen or in person just jumps off like the field, you're yeah. just able to see, man. That guy is different, and it's it's cool when you watch sports sometimes with people that don't really follow it like that, and they start asking about a player. They're like, "Oh, hey, that." They're that like, ninety eight is is dope, huh?" I was like, "Yeah, bro." And then we find out that he loves MMA, the UFC guy. Hmm. So and the guy started liking him even more. So it's it's always I call it the mom test. When my mom gives you a cosign and she don't know sports, that means Ooh, that you're yep. legit. You yep. know. My mom famously said Odell Beckham was going to score the first touchdown of the Super Bowl when the Rams played the Bengals. And I was like, why? She's like, he has a beautiful smile and I think the camera wants to catch it. Wow. Like, okay, plus 900. Let's go. Shout out to Mama <laughs> Lamb, let's dude. let bro. That's let's, iconic. Let's go. All right, let's do an ad read. Shout out to one of the sponsors, Fly Me Out, before we continue the second half of the show. Listeners, do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe, let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into curated experiences, and with their platform, it's never been easier to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't just travel. Make memories with Fly Me Out. Use the code VM1 for expedited application review. That is code VM1 when you download the app, Fly Me Out for expedited application review. And shout out to Fly Me Out for being one of the main sponsors for Veterans Minimum. George. Yes. On this episode, I wanted to talk to you about sort of like Midseason grades or takeaways or whatever while we're diving into all these matchups and whatnot. Am I crazy to think that the most complete team, my opinion, is Baltimore?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: No, I've heard a lot of people like stewing on, on Baltimore and their, their ability to like make statement wins, which now they have a, one against the Lions and now they have another one against the Seahawks, where you get to see that side of Lamar Jackson that made us so excited about the way that he plays and he leads the team. You needed to see OBJ finally do something it's crazy, dude. The, the expectation for him, I don't know what it is in his head. Like, if we think that OBJ is supposed to, you know, be over 100 receiving yards and 10 targets a game. But, like, he's doing just enough right now that I can see him getting hot. This is the same way he was when he was with the Rams um when they went on their run where he just kind of finds that role where it's still important. He can still pop off. And I, I think OBJ on a slant route is still one of the scariest open field runners. I put him in the same category as like an AJ Brown on a slant where I can just see these guys, you know, explode. The defensive side is very solid. I told you at the beginning of the year, they have two of my favorite linebackers and they are the fastest linebackers. They may not be the the biggest, but sideline to sideline, nobody three downs two, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like they're they're an all around great team. And here's the thing. They're led by a coach that's been there and that is confident in what his team is starting to do. They're they're running a lot more other three tight end sets, which I'm a fan of, similar to the Bengals. So you're not crazy in saying that, Nick. And it, it, it makes me happy because I have the Lions to defeat the Ravens in the Super Bowl on Exacta. If I hit two crazy fucking futures this year, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll maybe start buying lottery tickets.
1: Dinner is definitely on you if that happens. That's true. A hundred percent. Their wins this year, Texans, Bengals week two, mm-hmm. lost to the Colts in overtime. Stupid loss. Very dumb loss. It. This could be the W2, WTF. Yeah. Every year there's four or five. You're like, how the fuck? Did Buffalo lose to the Jaguars as a 15 point favorite? Mm-hmm. How did the Bengals lose to the Jets with Mike White? Mm-hmm. Every year there's games like that. This could be one of them if Baltimore goes 13 and four and then the Colts end up like seven and 10. You're like, how the hell did they? in Baltimore too? Like, what the fuck? So that's their, one of their losses. Then they beat the Browns without Watson. Remember, they had Dorian Thompson in there at quarterback. Yep. Then the Steelers beat them in Pittsburgh. Those are always just bar fights, right? Yep. Anytime those two teams play each other, it's always a bar fight. Then they beat the Titans overseas. Then they beat the shit out of the Lions. Yeah. They beat the Cardinals rather comfortably, though they covered. Shout out Ursalita, And then they smoked the Seahawks yesterday. You know, Lamar Jackson is now 18 and one against the NFC. Crazy stat.
2: Crazy. Dominating stat, lots of these lately with the the quarterbacks. Patrick yeah. Mahomes has a whole bunch, or he just had his snaps uh,
1: broken. But yeah, well, Mahomes, Mahomes now twenty six and one off a loss, and and Insane. it's the same same record when he's a favorite of three points or less or an underdog. So that's like <laughs> fucking money in the bank every time, right? <laughs> and I wonder if. NFC teams don't play Lamar often. Bro, when he's on, he's probably the hardest guy to game plan for. I've always felt that way about him. Even though he's not my favorite passer of the football. Yeah. But when he's on, when he is throwing and running, like they're not, there's no one that's more difficult. So I wonder like in your division, those teams don't struggle against them because they're drafting for him. Mm -hmm. They're playing him two, sometimes three times a year. The Bengals played them three times a year last year. Do you think there's any merit to that where the NFC teams, it's such a culture shock when you see them?
2: Yeah. No, there, there's a lot. Yeah, you don't want to get embarrassed when you're playing a team twice. So when you, when you said that exact thing in my head, I was thinking, what has the AFC North done to mitigate Lamar's success? And you look at the, the way that the Browns are built. Defensive line is prominent. You look at the way the Steelers are built. The defensive line is our most important uh, position group. You look at the way the Bengals are built. That's the exact way to beat these teams. And then when you look at a, a team that they crushed, like the Seahawks, I can't tell you a single edge rusher on the Seahawks right now. And nor can I tell you one on the Lions other than Aiden Hutchinson. So, I think there is something to be said about in the NFC. Hmm. I just like think the that divisions are built differently or, you know, you know what I mean? Like so drastically different that in the AFC, it's more pounded down your throat.
1: I just think Ayo. that, yeah, <clears throat> I just think that it's weird. It's weird. The matchup that he presents for everyone. That's why, especially at home, he's eight and in his career against the NFC. He's 18 and one overall in uh, versus the NFC. And his only loss is against the New York Giants last year. Mm. It's the only time he's lost to an NFC opponent. And I wonder if it's, yo, we see this guy once every three, four years. And then we're like, holy shit, look at him as a runner. Look at him as a passer now with all these weapons. Yeah. So I wonder if there's something to that. But I think, I think they've been the best team, most dominant teams start to finish.
2: With no, even with the two losses and even with the running back injuries at the beginning of the year, Gus Edwards, finally like, you know, stepping up into that role that is built for anybody. Their offensive line's amazing. They're, they're a team that it it really feels like, uh, the, the old school Patriots where it's just like, it doesn't really necessarily matter who's back there. Like, we just need you to get vertical and, Take, take some of the load off, and we can rotate two or three of you in there, which is what they've been able to do. I thought they were going to make a move for a running back at the, uh, at the deadline, but they stayed quiet. I think they're very confident in what they're able to do. And I don't think that even the Bengals scare them. Like, I think, you know, they dropped one to the Steelers. They're definitely going to get their get back. But do you really see the Ravens Losing more than two games the rest of the year. Let's look at their schedule and you tell me. All right. They got at, they're playing at home versus the Browns at home versus the Bengals. Then at Los Angeles. Then they're playing at home versus the the Rams away versus the Jags away versus San Fran at home versus Miami and at home versus Pittsburgh to close out the year. That's definitely screams, it's going to be tough not to have more than two. You'd be lucky if you just had two losses in that stretch there. That division's going to beat the shit out of each other yeah. for the next two weeks. It's going to be so much fun to watch because I think they both are playing uh, like they alternate back-to-back weeks, but it's a, it's a heavy divisional dose Yeah, in the AFC North these next two weeks.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun and again i think that was the division i was the most excited about coming into the year just cuz what we were talking about before with the win totals yeah their their schedule is that's tough it's dicey man and and dude you know what they didn't play yesterday but jaguars bro what oh, what man. what is it about jacksonville that we're not getting behind cuz there has to be something no i'm i'm behind is it him. is it the florida finesse I'm behind it. Have him. I ever told you that I feel like people from California and Florida are just soft? Yeah. I think you've told me this. Like where they're And then it kind of it plays out with their sports teams.
2: Where they're just not mentally equipped for the dog, <clears throat> like the hard times that the season brings.
1: It's, it's not just the, the season. I just think like those two places, nice weather all year round. Mm. Even their teams are like finesse based. Like The Rams, right? When the Rams won the Super Bowl, they were flash. They yeah. traded for stars. They mm-hmm. got the, they traded for their quarterback. They were not a team that was like rugged and great defensively. They had some defensive players, but they were right. more so stars. Whereas you
2: had the 49ers coming out with
1: a boombox, a little like Bay Area chill. Yeah, but their vibe, their players are, I think, molded differently. Okay. Maybe it's an LA thing. Yeah. I also sound really ignorant. I've never been to LA, but I've heard a lot of stories about Wait, like people. You've never been to Los I've never, Angeles. I've never been to California, just in general. <laughs>
2: what yeah. the fuck?
1: Yeah, I thought you knew. Nick, this. we're four hours away. I know, bro. I'm gonna kidnap you one day. <laughs> You're know. just gonna wake up on a beach. I just feel like people from from those two like states are just like when it gets sixty degrees, they panic. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so cold. It's like, bro, it's it's been Oh that's for 9 so degrees for 6 weeks in New definitely York.
2: Definitely you can't I can't take your judgment serious now if you've never been to California, but uh So you do know, you
1: think great. the Jaguars I see fall,
2: in, fall into this like
1: why why don't we like the Jaguars?
2: I th- I'm I'm in love with the Jaguars. I think their coach is amazing. I think love their coach, man. Oh Doug Peterson is just awesome and I think they have the best top 3 running back in the league in Travis Etienne and the receiving core I thought was going to be led by Calvin Ridley, but it turns out they have four other people that they can consider. Like I can see this team making a very deep run. The reason why we don't give them as much merit is because although you think the people of Florida are soft, I think the NFL did a phenomenal job of saying, Hey Jaguars, let's literally give you the easiest route to an amazing schedule. And Sure, their division is shit and they get all those free games, but to play back to back weeks in London, like that just shouts, I want to make sure that the Jaguars make the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, but they played the Bills in one of those games. I get, I get what you're saying, but on week two of them being
1: there. That's a good point. Yeah. So everything about their, but there's also, you know, there's also ties with the owner and London. The Khan family owns one of the soccer teams out there. Yeah. So that's why... And the NFL loves that... Yeah, yeah. That motive and the... Yeah, they're, trust me. like Yo, So So here's the thing. This week, they got a big game. They play the Niners. Niners coming off a bye. Niners on a losing streak. They're so,
2: going to smack the shit out of the 49ers. You think so? And then... And then... Hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah, this is yeah. just plain hypothetical. You go to the sports book immediately
1: after that happens... And you hammer the 49ers to win the division. So you're saying after, okay, so look, you're, you're onto something. Cause I like, I like doing these things sometimes, right? Like, yeah, where a good team falls behind a little bit. You pick the right time. You sh- oh. Yeah. Yeah. But on the flip side, maybe bet the Jaguars now, if you want to bet the Jaguars, True. because if they do come off this monster win, where they beat the Niners, then, you know, they're going to be a talk of the town. Yeah. You're right. So, if you think the Jaguars can win this game, and the Jaguars are a three-point underdogs this weekend, I already told Kenny. I was like, "Bro, this is this is a Monday winner. Like, we got to put this one in immediately." Niners are coming off the bye, but so are so are the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Jaguars are coming off the bye too, and I think it's a spot where I kind of have to take Jacksonville. I really like that matchup for them too. And look, man, their schedule right. We we're talking a lot about schedules on the, this episode but it's important. I think it's yes, important yeah. to, to mold the rest of the year. Home Niners, home Titans, at Houston, home Bengals. What's hilarious is one of the London games was technically a road game for them. That's funny. On the schedule. So they're going to have the same amount of home games that they would have, mm. even though playing the two games out there. That makes sense? Because the Bills game, technically the Bills are the home team. Yeah. So, dude, their next next four games, home, home, in division against the Texans, they're going to want to get their get back because the Texans beat them. And then they go through the gauntlet. And then the home against the Bengals. Yeah.
2: They go through the AFC North gauntlet after that. That's... You know, it's constructed in a in a great way. They get all their wins in early. You start to notice like how your team performs. Like,
1: dude, I think they, their schedule, sorry, but I think their schedule is pretty favorable. They might be the one seed, bro. Yeah. They're tied with all of them at the moment. They have the same amount of wins. I definitely think that they could be the one seed. They got to win
2: two of those games versus those AFC North teams. They They literally go three weeks in a row home Bengals at Browns home Ravens if you can steal two of those they'll be the number 1 seed and especially if you beat the Ravens cuz mm-hmm. it'll be them them two at the top and then they have three games where if you can really solidify that your team is set you can rest some people down the stretch there and and feel pretty confident and uh damn w- we thought that they were going to be offensive powerhouses but we didn't think that they were going to be like a six and two scary team in the AFC, Mm. you know, and our preview show, we definitely gave Calvin Ridley his props. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That, that, that team, it's one that uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the way it pans out, but when you look at between them and the Ravens, ah, that's tough. That's tough. And that number one seed is going to mean something, you know? If the NFL did it the right way, the Jaguars will end up with the number one seed. If they really have their hands in it, the way I think they do.
1: You know, just when you're looking at the records, man, they've lost the the tiebreaker to the Chiefs because the Chiefs beat them. Chiefs are going into a bye. I think it's going to be... I think they're going to be a contender, man, for the top seat. They're going to be a contender for sure and then the last thing i wanted to mention to you did you give who your uh, best team was through the first half of the year <sighs> best team yeah
2: <sighs> damn man i feel like we've covered we've covered a lot of the teams that i feel are the best i i i do feel the eagles at this moment in time are the best team in the league if we're going to look at a team that like absolutely shocked me because, like, I predicted it It didn't have to come true. Although the Lions dropped the game to the Ravens, they're still a pretty fucking good team. Yeah. Like, the Lions are in that position where they're flying under the radar very similar to the Jaguars, but they could be the number one seed in the NFC when it's all said and done. I don't know. I
1: think Philly has actually... Oh, that's a good point, man, because the Lions had the bye, so they're technically a game and a half back of Philly, the one seed. You're going to love this schedule for the Lions. I know it's pretty fair. A lot of indoor games, right? Okay, uh, tell me. Okay, so coming up for the Lions.
2: At the Chargers, home Bears, home Packers, at the Saints, at the Bears, home Broncos, at Vikings, at Cowboys, home Vikings. So a lot of divisional games and their division is garbage. That's what leads me to believe that they can do it. And I love the way that this, is all, this all maps out for them to play the Cowboys. And if it's to play the Cowboys and get the number one seed on New Year's Eve, there's a lot of games on New Year's Eve that have like huge implications when I'm looking out far.
1: Oh, dude, Chiefs Bengals is that week too. That's the fantasy championship weekend.
2: You have also, and this is like important to me right now, you have Colts Raiders. They can be a huge spot on New Year's Eve to see who who wins in the head to head matchup for that seventh spot if it's available. But yeah, the Lions. The Lions uh they shocked me with not only their uh, you know, offensive capability, but Aiden Hutchinson's playing way better this year than he did last year. Yeah. So I, I I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of
1: uh the, other than that, who who shocked you? I mean, can it be a negative shock? Yeah. How bad has Green Bay been? They've been horrible. You
2: I know thought that the Green Bay Packers were gonna five. I love it because sometimes I still get tagged in the comments. Uh it, it's like, oh, this aged wonderfully. Oh well, yeah, Jordan like, Love. Jordan love the Green Bay Packers are gonna have a great quarterback for fifty straight years.
1: Hey man, that's not, that's why it's the hot take episode, right? Like week one, the hot takes. Um, yeah, but yo, you know what's crazy? It's not even Jordan Love. Like I, a lot of it is Jordan Love, but the defense hasn't been that great. No, yeah, these young these young. We mentioned on the previous show that they had the youngest skill position players in the league uh, at wide receiver. I should say they haven't. I know Watson's been hurt in and out the lineup. Dobbs has been hurt. It's just something that. It's not just Jordan Love, but it does look pretty bad too. And Matt LaFleur, you know, you were talking before about Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, Brady and Belichick. Is it LaFleur was successful because of Rodgers? It's always a player, dude. I'm always pro player. Yeah. I think it's always a player. A hundred percent. It's always a player. It's The coach is lucky. I can have my system can put you in a better position to thrive. Mm-hmm. But you have to still execute for me. It is always 100% the player, not the system. I, and I can't be swayed off that.
2: They put on a show against a really shitty Rams team. Sorry, Alex. Shout out to Alex in the studio
1: as he's just chilling here.
2: In a Rams shirt. They played awful. As I was putting in my teaser on Sunday night, God, mm. I was like, this is the one time where. Jordan Love's going to play decent. Yeah. And the Rams are going to fuck me. And that is exactly what happened. Well, because I think you also, you also he's got- He's only 20 points good. That's what Jordan Love is. You also got screwed because Stafford got pulled. Yeah. Like, like before the game, Stafford was. Was that like, because I, I was pretty certain I would have
1: known if Stafford wasn't playing. I think it was like the night late, the night before. Are you on Twitter? You are, but aren't, right? Is that yeah. your thing? Yeah. Dude. I'm not a fan of his, but like Adam Schefter puts out a dope actives inactives list Saturday night. Mm. Tremendous. Yeah. If you are in the sports betting space or fantasy football, you must be following that. Just for that. Every Saturday night, it's the overnight news, the initial one. And sometimes he'll say, this guy was expected to miss during the week, but word is he's going to give it a go tomorrow in pregame warmup. At least you're like, oh man, this guy, that got the the D on my fantasy roster, maybe he's going to end up playing. Right. But that alters everything, bro. Like when a guy misses time, it's not just what he's going to do to his stats and the roster. It's now this wide receiver is maybe going to get two to three extra targets. Mm-hmm. So that 37 and a half yardage prop that's been set. Yeah. That's sometimes where you it can doesn't adjust on. right away. So, it's always cool if you could get ahead on the news. That's why I like building relationships with people. And it's not even like insider info, really. It's kind of just like known commodities mm-hmm. that are just, they just put the news out quicker. Right. So, like following beat writers, I used to have, I don't have it anymore, but I used to have a Twitter account when I first started doing Veterans Minimum where I followed no one but beat writers and I didn't tweet nothing, but it was literally my sports following, whether it was, Uh, sports bettors, beat writers for teams, even fans that cover the team, shit like that. And it was super helpful to gain an edge on, yo, this right tackle is not going to play. Like who cares about the right tackle? Like national media doesn't really care about the right tackle unless it's Lane Johnson. Right. But it was a cool way to gain an edge.
2: Very true. Very true. I I heard a lot about beat writers being able to help out with props from uh, Bill Krakenberger. He's like, yeah, like if you're not following the beat writers especially in preseason. He's like, follow them in preseason so you can get the true vibe of the team. He murders preseason oh,
1: football. I'll never forget. I had a kid that covers the Raiders, a friend of mine. Uh Andrew, he now works for he now works for PFF, but at the time he was just a freelancer, kind of just doing his own thing. He told me, he's like, "Bro, Hunter Renfro is going to catch 80 passes this year." I was like, "No way." He's like, "Yeah." He's like your boy, because everyone knows that I bet Clemson to win the national title the year that they oh, did. Oh, nice. And Hunter Renfro scored the touchdown against yep. Alabama from Deshaun Watson. He's like, dude, your boy is going to catch 80 pounds. And then he had the career year that he had. 105 receptions Yeah, or like And that. it was, no one was talking about Hunter Renfro right. like that. Right. So it's, it's super important, man. And I, tell, it's, and I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but I tell fans of teams all the time, If you could be honest with your team, you could bring a lot to the table to someone like me who I can't tell you about every single team in super detail like you can about the Saints or a Rams fan could tell me about the Rams. Like I know it from a national perspective. And yeah, I know a good amount, very good amount, I would say. But there are certain things that pop up that like, yo, Shahid. Yeah, You put dude. me on to Shahid. And now every time I'm watching him, he's making some plays for the Saints. All the time, Or at least bro. they're setting him up to be successful. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's just something that has always helped me along the way on this journey. Um, it's so
2: funny you said that about the Saints. I did have one thing I wanted to bring to the table about, about my team. We, we spent a little bit of time yeah. talking about the Giants going absolutely nowhere. The Saints... <laughs> They can't make that thirteen and four record. I, I, I've <laughs> conceded that.
1: Yeah, however, I'll, I'll probably burn that
2: ticket too. They are the best team in their division, and the thing that's you know shocking me is that we really do need Taysom Hill. Like Taysom Hill, after his Saints career, will have a statue in front of the stadium. You've been on this for so long. He will have it. Like. I've never seen a, a statue a single, is crazy. Bro. I've never seen a, a, a player do what he d- does. And Nick, I thought we were underpaying him. We're actually paying him a pretty good amount. He signed a four year, $40 million. Dude, contract. I
1: remember he got a lot of, a lot of people went crazy over that. Yeah. A lot of people went crazy over that with 21.5
2: guaranteed. Here's the thing. He's worth every fucking cent. We abuse him. Like, can you, can you imagine how tough it is to play in the NFL? All right, this man plays five to eight positions on any given Sunday. The amount of stuff he has to remember, but at the end of the day, just be the most physical athlete. And here's the, the crazy thing, Nick, and this is why the Saints will not win a playoff game. When we get to the red zone and we're like, all right, how are we going to trick them with Taysom Hill this time? And that's our, that's our answer to scoring touchdowns. It's so fucking pitiful. Yeah. Pete Carmichael deserves to be fired. And dude, you have weapons, bro. How does Chris Olave not have five touchdowns this season? How does Michael Thomas have no receptions last game? Yeah. But here, hear, hear me out, hear me out. It's kind of the coolest thing to watch. When you just see Taysom Hill just bouncing from position to position, knowing that the fucking ball's going to him and he still gets six yards. That's why he's getting a statue,
1: Nick. I I hear what you're saying and I'm laughing because they tried throwing with him a couple weeks ago and he threw a pick and I was like, (laughs) that's kind of probably why every time he steps onto the field, they're always running with him because that man can't throw. Listen, their defense, they're going to have their defense to fall on. Yeah. And and yeah. I still think that they have they have weapons, bro. They have, See, a lot we have of the a... hope.
2: we have the hope of like we can put up 40 points, but like I'm just tired of seeing us get like 400 yards of total offense and have like 24 points to show for it. Yeah, It's pretty gross. We'll have like 500 yards of total offense, but then like 3 for 7 in the red zone. It's like what the fuck is this? So, they will uh, they will beat up on a lot of the teams in our division. Our division is so bad. I, the Buccaneers have officially hit that point in the season. Yeah, like it's the, a wrap now. Yeah. Okay, the Baker Mayfield, he'll maybe get a couple more. You'll be excited to see uh, uh, Bryce Young, you know,
1: sneak out another win. But, dude, what about him? Two pick sixes to the same guy. Yeah. Man, he just... He threw two passing touchdowns, and really yo, four. And what about this? <laughs> the guy that goes after him has the greatest rookie game of all time. Oh, I 470 love yards, five touchdowns, passer rating of 147.8. And the craziest thing, bro, is I watched the condensed version of this game. It's 20 to 10 in like the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And then the game ended 37-33 or whatever it is. Like high 30s. 39-37, I think. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. 39-37. The Texans moved to 4-4. Four and four. And dude, he was shredding them. He racked up 364 yards in the second half. Did you see the swagger he had though? Dude. It was charisma to the he, roof.
2: When he fucking hit him with a deep bomb, right? And then he just middle of the field. I just intimidated everybody that's watching outside in the wind right now, like walking past her, like, holy
1: shit, dude look like CJ Stroud (laughs) after a deep one. Yo, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, these aren't guys that are household names. They're all young guys. Dalton Schultz coming over. From the Cowboys. From the Cowboys. I feel like that's been a big loss for Dak in that offense, even though Jake Ferguson is starting to emerge as like a guy that, you know what? Hey, third and eight, it doesn't need to always be seedy. Yeah. Kind of, kind of fuck with Ferg. Right. Ferg (laughs) over the middle. You know what I'm saying? But dude, he carved up their defense, uh, was spreading it around. Even Brown, six catches, 153 yards and one touchdown. Schultz, 10 catches for 130 and a touchdown. Nico Collins, three catches, Tank Dell. And, they Yo, won the draft. Oh, dude, for sure. And just the culture. And, the, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, even if they don't make the playoffs, and I know it's a bad example because they got a rookie quarterback. This is what you want when you draft a rookie quarterback. Obviously, they've hit on him, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, especially in the rookie year, let him go out there. Let him go through the growing pains. And even if they don't win another game the rest of the year, yeah, they're fun. Nick. They're exciting. You're, you're optimistic about the future. Yeah, that's what I want and that's what I think anytime you get a young guy that comes in it's been my take all these years even before I started creating content yo let's just see that he's the guy moving forward Mm -hmm. that's it let him go let him go 1 in 15 or 1 in 16 now as long as I know that yo next year and the year after that the year after that I'm not gonna need to waste a draft pick on a quarterback that's what I want bro yeah Here's the thing. He's never, Nick, he hasn't not played bad. Yeah.
2: And that's the thing. I love the, the riz that this man has because he has not seen the dark side. You know what I mean? A quarterback, it doesn't matter. You know, like if you have seen that dark side, right. And you've had a, a run of games in which the city starts blaming you, um, for your lack of production, those type of quarterbacks don't hit it with the double arm fold in the middle of the fucking field. So when you got a young kid who doesn't know the dark side, I, I pray to God he never sees it. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he sets the, the rookie record for most passing attempts without throwing an interception. Dude didn't throw a pick until he played the Saints in like week five. It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, this was a, a huge come from behind statement win. D'Amico Ryan's you know, if they go on a bit of a run here to end the year, you could... Oh, I would hate... No. Nah, there's no way he could win. Say March it. Of the year. Say it. Yeah. There's no way. Why not? Because they, they'll they give it to Dan Campbell. They'll... Or they'll give it to Doug... Doug Peterson won it last year? No. Last year was my boy, Brian Dable. You're right. They'll give it to Sirianni. Hmm. It's... Yeah. It's a shitty spot because you need that like standout
1: record. Could he get it? Possibly. So, do you want do you want a list of the names that For are coach of the year? Yeah, I don't even know how they fucking compile this. Like, how can you get a line other than just going based off the power rankings? Listen, it's just it's just based on it's based Who on a votes on things. it. Who votes on it? I think it's the same people. It's like the NFLPA. Okay, not, not the. It's like the
2: AP. I would like it if the coaches voted. That would be dope.
1: Ah, but I think you get biased there, right? Like this guy was under me; he's my friend. I don't know if True. I'm that big of a fan. Okay, of that, but I see where you were going. I think it'd be yeah. cool. But yo, check this out, right? The favorite right now, Dan Campbell, your yep. boy. Second, Mike McDaniel. Third, yep. D'Amico Ryan's. Not that crazy. Not that crazy. What? Uh, fifteen to one uh plus 800. Okay. How it's how it's measured there's a couple of things. It it's heavily skewed towards first year coaches. Yeah. Do you surpass the wins from the year before? Do you maybe double them would be nice, right? Mm-hmm. What did the Texans have last year? Two? Yeah. Already doubled it. Yep. <laughs> so it's it's showing you an increase. And then three, it's Narratives and talking to the town, he's changed the culture down there. Yeah, the guys are playing for him. He used to play for the team that he now coaches. Yeah, so I like those are the kind of things that get put into it. And and then I think I think the last thing when it comes to coach of the year, it's it's always like the surprise team also that overachieves kind of Nick, you're you're hitting it because for so many years, why didn't Belichick get it every year? Right. Bro, off the top of my head, I don't know if Bill Belichick ever won Coach of the Year. That would be a shocker. We'll see his accolades. That would be a shocker right now. Because I don't know if they pull up three time Coach of the Year. Okay. Early on, oh three, oh seven, and twenty ten. So it's been a minute. But then he but got the, throughout he, he all got, those years. He got the
2: LeBron treatment. Guys, we can't give him the
1: award every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking like, oh, we're not that. gonna give it to I Phil Jackson every year. Let's oh. give it to fucking Vinny Del Negro. <laughs> right? And like then he gets fired after too. It's like, what the hell are we doing, dude? I remember the NBA NBA oh, coach of the year?
2: You had uh the dude for the Raptors, Dwayne Casey. Yeah. Dwayne Casey wins coach of the year, fired. fired the next year. Bro, there was a there was <laughs> like a are we doing? four
1: year stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Where the guy that won NBA Coach of the Year was, was fired the, the year after. It, is it was a, hilarious. It's like, bro, why win that shit? It's a terrible accolade. It's I'm gonna lose my job. Bro. I have to go and fucking on Zillow and look for new apartments and houses to live in. It's it. like the Grim Reaper pops up after you get the award. Like you just see it, bro. Oh. So oh, that's, fuck, the, that's those are kind of the things that play into it. And I, I think, yo, if they can finish, look, they're four and four. Their schedule is a little it's kind of up and down. They have a tough game. Like they got the Bengals and it drops off and they got Jaguars and it's going to be interesting. But I think the story, the story of the first half of the year for me might be CJ Stroud. And mm-hmm. if you're a Texans fan, like to go from Deshaun Watson, who you thought was going to be your guy. And then all the stuff happened with the scandals and the off the field stuff. And then he leaves and then you immediately get a top five pick and you turn them into two cornerstones of your franchise. One of them being your quarterback. Man, I think you should be really, really excited. And again, I can't preface this enough. If your team sucks, as long as they're also fun and entertaining, kind of a way to combat that.
2: Yeah. And the the Texans needed it. I'm glad D'Amico Ryan's, you know, I think we haven't even seen the best of uh, Will Anderson, too. Um So yeah, the, the Texans are an extremely hopeful team. If the Jaguars didn't literally get handed the the gift of God with their schedule, maybe it's competitive or maybe this is a team that next year, Nick, we look at putting a bet down for them to win the division at some, at a pretty good number. And we're not entirely shocked when the Jaguars have a little bit of a, a falling uh, behind. How do you feel, uh, or what? What team has disappointed you the most in the NFC?
3: Hmm.
1: I mean, Green Bay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We hit Green Bay. Um, Green Bay. Also, personally, because I was. These are these are so like subjective too. Because mm-hmm. you might have thought Green Bay was going to suck this year. And you're like, nah, bro, this is exactly what I thought they would be. Yeah. But for me, I thought they were going to win the division. They're a big disappointment for me. So it's always important to kind of like mention that. Um, dude, I think Chicago, I kind of, I was excited about Chicago and then I kind of well, tailed yeah, off on them.
2: The Justin Fields allows us to not like hate the way that that process has panned out, but their defense is so bad. Um, Atlanta, can I give you an
1: AFC team? Yeah. AFC, I have one immediately that just jumps to mind right away. That's disappointing. Broncos? I was going to say the Chargers. Yeah. But it's just been the Chargers all these years. Chargers are at least up 14-0 to right now in the Jets. Yeah.
2: So, they got to take care of business tonight. Maybe it's a step in the right direction. But yeah, just absolute... You know, no production uh, that you'd expect to see from from that offense. I mean, I didn't think Keenan Allen was playing football until about week four, and then I, you know, you see him pop off, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay. he's been
1: going, he's been going crazy though ever since. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. but he had a pretty once once Mike Williams went down, uh, Keen, Justin Herbert's another guy who they have. A lot of guys that are unproven. And then that's why Keenan Allen gets peppered with 15 targets a game. So isn't
2: it? I and mean, we can just stay on the, on this jets team. Cause I know we're talking about the chargers jets matchup that's going on right now for Monday night football. Who would have thunk that after what happened with Aaron Rodgers that this jets team would actually be
1: rather competent, bro competent. And what about him in pregame? I posted the video on my Instagram Ooh, Nick. at Nick Day 10, as You can follow me if you haven't already. A cheap plug, he as looked always. Loose. Um, he looked loose. Oh, he was dropping back. It's looking, looking smooth. Nick, we will. I hope you know that the way that
2: he's coming back from this injury, right, and the the technology and the science and everything, like we will live to be 175 years old. We're just gonna be able to take a pill, t- take a shot, or something that will rejuvenate our body. Athletes will play forever. Mm. That would be pretty sick. Like, no more generational debate. It's like, no, this motherfucker's been playing for the last <laughs> 40 years. For 40 years. You Just know? out there chugging along. Um, but yeah, no, I he he's definitely
1: not gonna come back for the playoffs. They're not making it to the playoffs. Bro, I don't know, man. This shit is so wild what he's doing. He's dropping back already. He walked to the arena. The, the stadium, I mean, with no crutches, it's crazy, bro. Like, that guy is, he's stubborn. We all know that with the press conferences and yeah. all the interviews that he does. Uh, he wants to maintain the spotlight that he has. If they could, like, weather the storm and be around 500 and, I do uh, there's been crazier things that have happened, right? And like you said, with technology nowadays, it's not as ridiculous. But I think he will. Philip Rivers. Yeah. Tore his ACL, got surgery on Tuesday, and then played the undefeated Patriots in the AFC title game. And they lost by a touchdown. I do remember that. It's like Sean Merriman was on the team. It was like the last LT Chargers, Antonio Gates. Mm -hmm. And he was in shotgun, couldn't drop back. Everybody knew it. Everyone knew it. But just the balls to do that. Yeah. Dude, Rod Woodson tore his ACL in like week one. And then he said, don't put me on PUP. And he played in the Super Bowl. Uh, Terrell Owens. T.O. With the, the, with the foot. Yeah. It's like we've seen these athletes that are anomalies also because it's not like everyone's done it. Like yeah. AP, Terrace's ACL. you can do it a little
2: easier than all the other positions. Man,
1: I think they, they fucking shoot some shit up. Oh, yeah. Not now, but maybe mid-December. And he gets out there? I don't know, bro. I wouldn't put it past it, but we do need you're, to- re- Yeah, you're fired up. About I'm, that, yeah, yeah, I'm getting fired up and we do need to wrap up. Let's go ahead and plug the Patreon before we go. If we could pull up the Patreon. Patreon.com slash veterans minimum. We are at 83 paid members. Amazing. I love every single one of you and I would hug every single one of you except because of our political climate nowadays. We might get in trouble for that. But with that said, Give a shout out to Mahua Patel, Abel Rezin, Ben Cozzi, and Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Dylan Chadwick, Jerry Shapiro, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Mike Stevens, Nick Krummich, and Thomas Robinson. It's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. $5 a month. You get access to the betting picks. You get access to the Discord. $10 a month. We do a giveaway each month, with shit, I forgot the sneakers, bro. We were supposed to do the draw today. We'll do the draw on Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll do the draw for the sneakers for the October month. We'll come back with what we're going to do for November. That's the $10 tier. And then in the $20 tiers, you get the shout outs. You get merch discounts. Uh, shout out to Will, Emily, and Mike. I don't know which Mike, but Emily and Will, I trained with over at Jiu Jitsu. They bought some uh, bomber jackets after George posted that shit. Yeah, And they listened to me? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Having influence is pretty dope, bro, I must say. (laughs) Oh, And then uh, the Supermax is a $40 tier. Uh, You just get a lot of love and a lot of uh, shout outs for that. And you're also a crazy bastard for doing that. But we appreciate each and every one of you. All 83 members of the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. As far as I go, it's at Nick NickDays10 so where you can find me. All things Veterans Minimum are at Veterans Minimum. George, where can they find you? Plug away.
2: At Mr. George Carmona is where you can find me. At Gridiron Junkies is where you can find all of Gridiron Junkies content.
1: Let's get it, man. Try we'll, my
2: best impression of you there.
1: Okay. Gotta work on it, but listen. Practice makes hey, perfect. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Hey! Davido, Fucking Tommy Get over cuz! <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>
0: I'm a gold medalist, bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell, main course, be a venison.
2: Zab. most dangerous
3: game. Either
2: kill or be killed.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?